Okay. Hello, everybody. It is Travis Pastor here, your host of the Home Run the Jewels Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. Thanks for tuning in on this uh, Wednesday evening. I'm sure, you know, your your eyes are starting to burn out of your skull from just watching Twitter obsessively, seeing when the breaking news of trades and trade rumors come out. Uh, my current favorite trade rumor I saw yesterday was that the Yankees were interested in Craig Kimbrell, so they could have the most dominant 7th, 8th, and ninth inning man, as opposed to just the most dominant 8th and ninth. But uh, before we get to that, all the trades. Well, uh, we were supposed to have a guest tonight. Stefan Zoni, I was supposed to come on. Um, I was busy the last two days. I didn't get a lot of time to pre-schedule a guest. I talked to Stefan this morning. He was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll come on if I'm free. He had some work stuff uh, get in the way. So I'm like, okay, you can't make it. Move on to the next guy. Uh Message a few other people. I called my good friend uh, Eric Blasco, who I work with. He, we talk fantasy baseball all the time. It's like okay, we joke around with. He should come on all the time. Tonight was his night to hit to hit the big time to make it uh, make a name in fantasy sports and meet into stardom. Um, but he uh, is busy. I don't remember exactly what he's doing, but. Um, he cannot make it tonight. So it's just me for the evening talking to you about some trades. It'll probably go, won't be too long tonight. Just wanted to talk about how some of the big trades may have affected you know, your team, may have affected um, players' value going up, players' value going down, all that good stuff. Sound good to you guys? I'm going to take your silence as a... Um, as an acceptance of my path for the evening. So, first big-name guy. Um, who do we want to talk about? Uh, first big-name guy who got traded was uh, Scott Casimir from the Oakland days back to the Houston Astros. Uh, he pitched great in his debut. Um, Scott Casimir has been a bit of a... It's not an enigma. He's outperformed my opinion of him. Um, I had him on a lot of teams last year, uh, and that worked out well for me for a while. But in the second half and down the stretch, he really faded. I can't say if he'll you know, fade again this year because it hasn't happened yet, and we're not season's not over. But uh, he is a sterling 2.24 ERA, uh, six wins, five losses, but he was – pitching in Oakland, so what can you really expect? He's moved to a Houston team that has a lot of offense. It's weird to say that, I know, but um, with Correa and Altuve and when George Springer comes back, Preston Tucker's been playing really well. I think she, his stock definitely has gone up. I'm sure most people would agree. Um, but I'm not sure he would be the type of person in a fantasy league that if you're thinking, all right, I need to go, I need to get a pitcher, maybe I can go get Casimir. He His numbers are good, but, you know, he's not going to cost me as much as a Scherzer or a Granke or another guy who recently got traded, um, Johnny Cueto. I think uh, Casimir, solid idea if you want to pick him up. 
but he just he faded down the stretch uh, last year. Let's see if we can get some stats on him. He has had injury problems in his past. I'm, you know, I'm sure every Tampa Bay Ray fan is well aware of that. But he didn't really get hurt last year and hasn't really been banged up too much this season. So I uh, I think he's a safe bet to pitch a lot more games. And he's definitely going to be a very important person in that uh, Houston Astros rotation with Lance McCullers being so young and um, – He's a nice bit of insurance for them. So if you've got Scott Casimir fully for you, good job for holding on to him for this whole time uh, because he uh, his stock has risen. Um, the one guy that this sort of affects most directly in Houston Astros rotation is Vincent Velasquez, who you know, was a came into the season as the Astros' second-highest-rated pitching prospect behind only Mark Appel, or Appel. I think it's Appel. Um, I've never actually had to say his name out loud before. I believe it's Appel. Anyway, uh, he, I wouldn't say he was pitching bad for rookie. His numbers, I think, were hovering right around a 4.0 ERA. His last couple of games have been really, really good. He had struggled with walks early in the season. Um... He's only pitched a handful of games. So you couldn't really get a good read on, all right, you know, let's look at the uh, advanced stats. Let's look at some of those advanced, the FIPS and the BABIPS and all our favorite, um, you know, indicators to really see how he's been pitching and if he's worth a pickup, even if his ERA is not that great. ZRA right now is at a 3.92, but his FIP is at a 3.1. Uh, he does not, he has not been giving up a lot of home runs, only about 5.7%, and striking out more than a bat, a batter per inning. Um, I think he could probably work his way back into that rotation. Um, his record stands at one and one after pitching eight games. Um, I think he had one bad outing where he got beat up. I wouldn't say he got beat up, but he gave up. Okay, yeah, he got beat up. Second, The second uh, start of his career was against the Colorado Rockies, and he gave up five runs, seven hits, and four and two-thirds. So he had the normal rookie struggles. Um, I don't think... There's anything to be concerned if you're in a dynasty league and you have Velasquez. I don't think you have to sell on him because they didn't want to keep him in the rotation when they got Casimir. Casimir may move on after the season. I'm not sure if he's a free agent. Um, but I have to assume Velasquez is in the long-term plan for the <clears throat> Houston Astros. And I think there's a good chance he gets back into the rotation this year. Scott Feldman is their fifth starter. And I'm sure just hearing the name Scott Feldman makes uh, some people cringe um, just thinking about that. His numbers pale in comparison to um, Velasquez's and also just in sheer physical skill. Velasquez is the more talented and uh, has a more toolsy pitcher. So is there a chance he can get into the rotation down the stretch, I think definitely. Uh, the Astros uh, 
are tied with the Angels right now atop the AL West. Um, both of them should probably, whoever doesn't win the AL West will most likely get that first wild card spot. But if it comes down to, all right, they want to get right into the playoffs, avoid that wild card game where anything really can happen, and as we've seen in the past, has happened. Look at the uh, Oakland-Kansas City game last year. They may bring in their electric, uh, electric-armed rookie sensation, put him in the rotation, and get Feldman out of there. It also would make sense if they just used him as a, a long reliever out of the bullpen. Um, I know that's sort of the, the route Chris Sale went as a rookie, so it, it's reasonable for him to think, you know, he may just be a like a seventh-inning guy, eighth-inning guy. Um, I don't know who Houston's setup man is, but he'll sure up a bullpen. He's going to pitch the rest of the season, so not, it's not like they're demoting him because of his, his performance. He definitely has the ability to stay with the big club. Just at the moment, they may be trying to save some innings with him. Maybe they're worried about McCullers and they want to keep a, a fresh young arm ready. Who knows? But the Astros pitching situation has gotten a lot more interesting. And, you know, it should be fun to see how this plays out if you're a Casby owner. Less fun if you're a Velasquez owner, like I was. Um, I want you guys to know that uh, how much. I really wanted to go over this before. I don't know why I jumped right into this. But um, I wanted to let you know how much this podcast means to me because when I found out nobody could make it, I was like, all right, I can take this time, go over some more numbers. Um, In my most important fantasy baseball league, it's 15 teams. It's basically like it's not the trade deadline. The trade deadline's not for another month. Um, but everybody's acting like if we don't get a trade done today, we're not going to get any trades done. So trades are flying all over the place. I'm like, oh, I have plenty of time. I can analyze a little bit more. I just picked up Joey Gallo for uh, Rusty Castillo, who I picked up off the scrap heap. I didn't need Rusty. Um, there's a lot of teams who are clearly sellers and looking for, for prospects next year. So maybe I'll flip uh, Joey Gallo to one of them. You know, I had time to go negotiate with these guys, but I said, no, I got to do the podcast. I want to talk to these guys about the trade deadline because sometimes you just like having a conversation. I don't want to just send in, I don't, it's not always uh, the most fun way to talk to people through 160 characters, 140 characters. Sometimes you just got to chat it out. So I'm glad you guys are listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh the rest of the podcast, but I know this is like an incredibly strange tangent. Um, but when you're the only person talking, your mind is racing. So I just want to let you know, I wanted to be here for you guys. So let's uh, keep going. And if you guys think of any good trade targets for me, hey, tweet me. I'm at the real Travioli. If you all more important, more actually, if you have any questions for me about trade targets, you should get. Like, this is how our relationship should work. I should tell you answers instead of you giving me answers. But it's nerve-wracking making trades. Um, just tweet me at the real travioli, spelled like ravioli, but with the T in front of it. Uh, and we get some lively debates going on there. 
I'm talking to a couple of the other guys, some of the friends of the show, um, Dan Dominic, Stefan, uh, Joe Bond, Chris Myers. We uh, we chat about who's pitching. We we all sort of pick pitchers we think are going to be good, and then turns out most of them end up blowing up right after we pick them. So maybe do the opposite of what we say. Sometimes we've been pretty good, though. The Eduardo Rodriguez streak was nice, and uh, I've been on Zach Greinke's bandwagon all season, so I uh, I think i got a handle of this. But enough about, you know, pimping us writers here at so-called fantasy expert. Let's get back to some more of the trades. And the next big pitcher to move was Johnny Cueto. Um, I like the move for Kansas City. They're really going for it this year. I mean, coming up a base short last season, um, pretty heartbreaking, especially because it was in Kansas City. So they all were right there. I don't think they gave up too much in terms of prospects. Um, they gave up. What's his name? Why can't I think of it? Brandon Finnegan and John Lamb? Both good pitching prospects. Not the best. Um, it's just good for the Reds to pick up some guys, hoard them. They didn't have a great farm system. And if you are in the Dynasty League and Finnegan or Lamb um, are available, might be worth an ad. I don't know how deep it is. But they are quality arms who are going to get a shot now in a team that is a little more starved for pitching than than the Royals were. Um, obviously, the Royals didn't have a front-line guy, but they had some talent in the minors, uh, who, another one of them who they traded away later in a transaction we will talk about later. But Johnny Cueto's definitely on the going up. Kansas City might be the best team in the league. The scoring runs. That outfield is, well, Alex Gordon's injury sucks. They put Jared Dyson in there, who's, flying all over the field. Um, they've got three very fast outfielders. Most fly balls are going to die. If it does, if the ball doesn't go into the stands, somebody's going to catch it. So I think we look for Cueto's area to go down, his whip to go down. Um, you might have a very low BABIP, or his BABIP might drop and it might look kind of fluky, but with that infield speed and Omar and Fonte and more importantly, Alcides Escobar, and then outfield and Salvador Perez behind the uh, plate managing the running game. Not a lot of guys are going to get on. Not a lot of hits are going to get going to end up in green grass. So you got Cueto, good for you. I think they'll uh, his stock is definitely going up. Your Dono Ventura stay, I think probably taking a bit of a hit. Um, besides him just being terrible pretty through from June on. He was given the reins uh, to be that that ace the team needed. Um, he got called back up when Jason Vargas went on the DL, and you thought, okay, maybe maybe this will wake him up. I don't think this is going to wake him up now with Cueto in there. They're not going to be uh, leaning as heavily on Ventura, so so it could work two ways. I now I realize I'm contradicting myself, but. Ventura could have less pressure on him, could pitch more carefree like he did last year when he when they had James Shields in the rotation. Um, given 
giving him a, a anchor to sort of lean on like the rest of the team. And he's still really young. I think he's only 22 or 23. So being the best pitcher and I said that ace that a team with World Series aspirations has and then struggling, that was probably pretty difficult for him to, to manage. Skinny Cueto in there could lessen the uh, the pressure on him, but at the same time, he's not going to get as many starts. They may send him back to the minors and just, just for some seasoning. They think, you know, we got by with a bad rotation with Ventura in it. We have Cueto now. Let's let Ventura get out of it. Um, so Cueto should be uh, pretty <laughs> – he should be winning a lot of games down the stretches, which I'll say. Um, just that, man, those Royals—they just know how to how to score runs and um, keep runs from getting on the board. So, we—I don't think there's a lot you need to say about Johnny Cueto to the Royals. It makes tons of sense. Um, the other trade the Royals just pulled off—they got Ben Zobrist, which also makes a lot of sense because. The Royals lost Alex Gordon for eight weeks, a couple weeks ago, with that torn calf or his leg injury. Uh, Zobrist can do it all. They can move him around. He can run. He can, he can uh, run in the outfield. He can play the infield. He can play second if they want to give Infante some days off since he is pretty old. Alex Rios, an outfield, you know, he needs a day off. They can stick uh, Zobrist over there. And the guy can hit. So he's going to fit right into that lineup. He's not, uh, you know, he's had some power spikes in the past. I know he's dropped down a little bit from that. Um, I think Zobrist will be all fit very nicely into that lineup. And his run production should go up. And, again, like I said, the Royals really can score runs. And the Oakland Athletics really couldn't. He'll drive in more runs. More people want to be on base. The Royals like to steal bases, so he's going to get a few more steals. And uh, like I said, the runs. Uh, to get Ben Zobrist, they had to give up Sean Mania, who any of you Dynasty League folks, they're going to know his name. He was a first-round pick a few years ago. And I really like this deal. I was surprised they didn't have to give him Mania in the Cueto deal. I thought... He would have uh, he would have been more of a high level prospect that ooh, excuse me that the Reds would have been interested in in return for their stud pitcher. Um, but Bonilla Mania is a is a nice prospect, and especially now that he's in Oakland, where he's he can really work with that pitching staff that seems to take. Any person, any pitcher you give them and just make them better. Um, he's got three solid pitches right now. I think Oakland should take that up, make him mid-level starter at least. Uh, he was a first-round pick, so people saw um, front of the rotation talent. I'm sure that's what Oakland's hoping for, but in a, a nice deal for Oakland to sort of retool their uh, prospect farm with uh, Mania here. And I know it's not a top 10 prospect or anything like that, but I know a lot of people who don't play Dynasty 
probably think this way, or don't think this way, but at some point you just got to get bodies. Like not everybody can turn into uh, Mike Trout. Sometimes you got to get those mid rotation pitchers who are just going to be solid guys for you. They're going to pitch well, um, and they're going to win you games. So dynasty league, I think if if you have Mania or you can get Mania, I would go out and get him. His stock is probably on the rise. With that voodoo that Oakland uh, will give him, the voodoo they give all of their pitchers to get them to be better than anybody expected. So uh, Kansas City's made some nice moves. They probably locked up their place to be a number one or two seed or or number one or two seed in people's minds for the World Series, a front runner, um, if you will. So good for the Royals. The deals make sense. Cueto and Zobrist fantasy value is going up. Um, I think Zobrist might be a sneaky buy low candidate now because people may not know exactly where he's going to fit in to that uh, Royals lineup, where he's going to play. Dyson's been playing well in the outfield. Infante, well, he can't hit. He's playing some good defense in the infield. So be interesting to see where they slot him. Um, so if if you can get him before his role really becomes defined, I don't think that's a bad move at all. Of course, you don't have to give up too much. That is, it's all about what you give up in trades. I'm sure you've heard us talk about that before. The uh, now we move on to the biggest trade of the trade season, and that is a trade that said Troy Tulowitzki to the Blue Jays and uh, Jose Reyes and others to the Rockies. Um, first, let's start with... Uh, I'm just going to say Zobers. Let's start with Reyes. Um, my friend Eric, who might have appeared on this podcast, is really, really hoping that the Rockies, still in selling mode, somehow trade uh, Zobers. Why do I keep saying Zobers? Jose Reyes back to the Mets uh, for one of their star pitchers, which would be very, very funny. But downfall in my mind. Um, I think Reyes ends up in probably one of the better situations for where he could have got traded if they were going to trade him. He's in Colorado, and the Colorado experience is a fun one for fantasy baseball owners. Some of those doubles he's hitting in uh, Toronto are now probably going to turn into home runs with the ball carrying. Um, he's going to probably get to run more because of the Let's be honest. The Rockies aren't going anywhere, so why are they gonna are they gonna be worried about curtailing his running game and focusing on next year? No, I think they're gonna let him run. Maybe uh, maybe even flip him again before next next week when the trade deadline's up. But we shall see with him. So if you've got Reyes, don't worry, don't uh, fret about him leaving that lineup where he was batting ahead of Donaldson and Encarnacion and Bautista because he's well he may not be in front of those three guys he's still going to be in front of Carlos Gonzalez and Nolan Arenado Uh, and Arenado who has been on fire all season uh, should be able to you know see some more RBIs now with a table setter in front of him as opposed to uh having to hit solo home runs. Um, and Carlos Gonzalez, who just decides I'm going to hit one to two home runs every game now, 
and make my stock go through the roof. So, Zob, I cannot believe I keep saying Zobris. Jose Reyes, we're talking about Jose Reyes, Travis, Jose Reyes. Jose Reyes, his stock is on the rise. He's going to score more runs. And while he's on a worse team, I think he's in a better fantasy situation in Colorado. So don't worry, Reyes owners. Um, like I said, Arenado and Cargo, Cargo, if he stays on the team and doesn't get traded, they're going to be able to produce some more RBIs with uh, Reyes in front of them. Now onto the Blue Jays, who have just assembled one of the most devastatingly powerful left sides in infield offensively with Josh Donaldson and uh, Troy Tulowitzki, which, as a Yankee fan, is pretty um, intimidating. I was really hoping to not have that happen. But uh, you live you live with it. Tulowitzki, and it's hard to judge his. I think I'll probably say his value stays about the same. I know it sounds like a compound since his value was a top 15 player this season. Um, but he's not going to be batting in cores, and that's tough for anybody to deal with. It's just such a nice place to play baseball. Um, and he, he he's moving to a larger Toronto stadium, and he's playing games on AstroTurf. Now, if you've never if you've ever played on AstroTurf, it it hurts. If you dive, it hurts. If you it's bad on your joints. Yeah, and for a guy who gets who's been injury prone in his whole career, I'm worried that those two things aren't going to mix too well. But if he stays on the field, that guy, that offense, he's going to score runs. Actually, I wonder where he's going to bat. That should be interesting. I don't know if he's played a game yet. I'm going to look that up. Um, did he bat second? In front of Donaldson, I mean, they've been batting Donaldson uh, second some, and then Batista, and then on Carnacion. They do, do they bat? Then Carnacion fifth, move everybody down one. Um, wow, well, looks like they batted him lead off tonight, and he has two RBIs already and a home run. All right, so he does not look to be slowing down at all. So Trey Tulowitzki should be fine and dandy. Um, in his new home in Toronto. Uh, so you want to talk about Latroy Hawkins now? Yeah? Just kidding. Nobody wants to talk about Latroy Hawkins. I can't believe he was even thrown into into that trade. Um, another acquisition that, that happened this week, I think kind of got lost in the, in the shuffle a little bit, was Rusty Castillo, who I just traded getting called up um, now that Shane Victorino plays for uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, he had a brief stint last year, and he was pretty good in it for like 15 games or, or a week or two. Uh, he had a brief stint this year, and he was not very good in it. But the Red Sox aren't going anywhere. Um, Castillo's going to get some playing time. Now that... Uh, Mookie Betts jumped over a fence and fell on his head last night. Um, he's going to see Castillo, not Betts. Castillo's going to see more playing time, which is good. He could use some more. He could, it would be better for us fantasy owners if he got hot, 
since he really hasn't done a lot. Even in AAA, he wasn't hitting for a lot of power. He was hitting singles and doubles, but he wasn't driving in runs, and he wasn't for a ton of power. So if you want Castillo, now is going to be the time to go out and get him because he isn't lighting the world on fire. Um, it would This is, could be the time before the storm, or it could just be Castillo is just having a terrible season and it's a lost year for him because they didn't really have a place for him at first. They sent him to the minors after getting hurt in the preseason or, or spring training, I should say, and then staying on the DL for a while with what seemed like a small injury got worse. He didn't come back for a while. Players don't really respond well to being moved up and down and around a lot. They like saying things the same. They like repetition and they like uh, things they're comfortable with. So it could be just a, a ruined year for Castillo. Um, that's sort of what I was thinking when I traded him. And the Red Sox didn't even start him last night. They started Alejandro de Aza. They only put him in after Betts' injury. So how do I think they're going to play him? I'm not sure if it's going to be all the time. Uh, it probably will be more frequent now without Betts for the next at least seven days. So we'll see. But if you want him, you've got to go get him now because the more he plays, the more that owner's claws are going to get into him and the more he's going to want to keep him or the more he's going to want in return to pry him loose. So the sooner the better uh, with with that stuff. But last um, guy we should probably talk about, or the last trade we should talk about before, you know, we get out of here. But just, uh, let you guys get back to perusing Twitter nonstop. Is Jonathan Papelbon moving over to the Washington Nationals from divisional rival, the Philadelphia Phillies? Uh, poor Phillies. They're just so bad. But it's an interesting situation because the, as I'm sure you're aware, Nationals already had a all-star level closer in Drew Storen. Now Drew Storen in his two stints as a closer in the postseason have, he has been terrible. Uh, he blew a save last year in the playoffs when I believe Jordan Zimmerman went eight innings and gave up two hits, was winning one nothing, and Storen gave up a two-run home run. And in 2011, when they in the playoffs, he imploded a couple times. So I can understand the, uh, the not the need, but the desire to go out and get another closer. Or not a closer, another bullpen arm. Do I think you have to get Jonathan Papelbon? No. I thought maybe go out get a lower-level closer. I mean, I don't know who was available. I know Craig Kimbrell and uh, Chapman. Well, the, biggest, the bigger a closer you are, the more you're on the market. Um, so there probably wasn't a lot of great options. Maybe get a – I thought they should have went for a setup man because Pachelbon was never going to be fine with being the setup man. He wanted to close, and I'm sure Storm's not too thrilled with this. But that's what has happened. So if you have Storin, you're probably pissed because you did not think, well, my my team's uh, not very confident in my closer. They're going to trade for somebody else since he had 
for a 29 of 30 saves. I think had a one an ERA in the mid ones or low twos. Um, he, those numbers don't generally lead to teams saying oh, we need to bring somebody else in to you know make sure this guy doesn't blow up. Yeah, ERA is 1.73. So his stock obviously is dropping off. Uh, Tavel bonds is going up. And um, he's going to get more saves, more opportunities. And if Storen's still like okay with this, and they don't trade him, or he doesn't refuse to play because he did not seem happy, I think his, his quote when the trade went down was, "I've already talked to my agent." Um, if Storen's in that bullpen, it should be a smoother transition from those starters. To those, to that closer in Papelbon. So good for Papelbon, bad for Storin, good for Ken Giles in Philadelphia because he gets, he finally gets the job people have been waiting for him to get, pretty much since the second week of April. Um, I don't know how many opportunities he's going to get since it is again the Phillies, but he uh, he at least gets a chance now. So. Uh, I'm sure people have already rushed out and gotten Giles if he's still on the waiver wire. If not, it's worth a pickup. So I think that's about all the fantasy, really fantasy relevant. I know like Shane Victorino changed teams, and so did David DeJesus, both going to Anaheim. Um, Tether Clipper went to the Mets. So did uh, Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe. But like I said, they're not super big moves um, that are really going to affect most teams too much. In deeper leagues, yeah, they might. But I think we've covered the big ones. Hopefully you uh, have enjoyed just listening to me talk for 30-plus minutes nonstop. It's pretty pretty fun doing this just by yourself every now and then. You just kind of go where your mind takes you, so... And no one's here to disagree with my opinions. And that's always nice, just positive reinforcement. Like, oh, yeah, since nobody's here to say it's wrong, I just keep going with it. Just feeds my ego. But uh, it's been fun. Next week we'll get some more guests on here for you. I I really slipped up uh, and caught up in just a lot of other stuff going on earlier this week. So I did not get a guest, like I said. But next week we'll have some more people on. Maybe we can get Eric on even. Talk about uh, the lighter side of fantasy sports. Uh, some of the stuff we joke around about. But if you uh, have any more questions on, you know, who got traded, how their status matters, hit me up on Twitter at Real Travioli. Um, you could always send a tweet to at So Called Fantasy Experts, and uh, I'm sure you know they'll answer or they'll ask us to help you out. And just let us know if you got questions. We're here to help. Um, so, on that note, we'll uh, end this home run the Jewels podcast. We'll see you guys next week for more banter and uh, hopefully a full roundup of the trade bait because we didn't even get to talk about like where Justin Upton is getting because he hasn't got traded, where Craig Kimbrell could end up because speculating on these guys is just too hard since there's so many teams in it. Um, Tyson Ross 
Well, these are all on the Padres. I didn't realize that when I said it. The Padres probably going to trade at least one more guy. Where some of these guys can end up would be really interesting. On what teams pick them up, really going to dictate their fantasy value. So, once it's all said and done, we'll get back on here. We'll run through this again. We can get some other people's opinions on, you know, Rusty Castillos and the Benzobrists of the world. But until then, I'm Travis Pastor. Thanks for tuning in for this quick little impromptu one man's podcast. Uh, I hope you have not grown too tired of my voice. Until next week, guys, peace out.